everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we start a new series, Things Christians Say. And today we'll be talking about finding God's will. What does that look like? And is there really a secret formula? Finding the will of God. There have been books and podcasts and articles and sermons and so much stuff on how to find God's will. And it is complicated and it is full of formulas and it is mysterious and there's a lot of fear involved. And let's talk about that today. So back in the cult days, God's will was this mysterious and hard to find thing. And you needed to seek his specific will on every decision you made, even like what color toothbrush you bought. There was actually this anecdotal story that was told about how this lady bought the wrong color toothbrush. And then because she never sought God about it, all these terrible things happened as a result, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But that was the whole idea. And it was kind of this mysterious thing that you had to really just be afraid of. What if I get it wrong? What are the consequences of my actions if I don't do this right? Like, it was crazy. But I think even just in evangelical America, there are a lot of young people, and now they're not so young, who really were just caught with this idea of, like, finding God's will. And so because they were so afraid of not finding God's will, they kind of just didn't make any decisions. And I've met a lot of young people who are like this or who have been in this place where they're just kind of stuck. They haven't made a decision on their career. They haven't made a decision on who they're going to marry. They haven't made a decision. Like even just getting out of Christian college is often difficult for them. Because they're like, well, what if if I do that, then what? That then what? How am I going to find this elusive will of God? Like what if I do the wrong thing? And we have really done ourselves a disservice in many ways in our Christian communities by the way we handle this whole idea of God's will. I know a bunch of it starts with this idea that God has a big plan for your life which is something that I used to tell people and something I used to feel was true for me, that God has these great big plans for our lives. He has something special he wants to do with each of us. And, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And all these things, we have this idea that God's got this big plan for us. I'm going to do something great for the kingdom. And the problem with that is that most people don't do anything big and fancy. They don't become some well-known anybody And they just kind of live a normal life. And somehow that became not good enough. So there's a lot of issues that I have with all these things that we just talked about. It's just such a mess. (laughs) Then if you want to add to that, there's this whole idea that our heart is desperately wicked, which is actually from scripture. Jeremiah 17.9. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And people used to tell me all the time that your heart was so wicked, there's no way you could decide what it really wanted. You know, what was really good for you? What was the things that was true? You can't just trust your own heart. You have to look for God's will. And somehow God's will was often tied in with the thing you least wanted to do. So like if you had said, oh, I'll never be a missionary, then God's will for you is definitely going to be that you were a missionary. Guys, all this is junk. All of this is complete garbage. Whoever just quotes that one verse from Jeremiah, doesn't look at the surrounding context. Listen to this. Starting in verse 7, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. 
He is like a tree planted by water that send out its roots by the stream, and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind, to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Why don't we ever finish that verse? It's the second one. Like, who can understand the heart? I, the Lord, test the heart. Hello. As I've said before, Jeremiah 29.11 has nothing to do with us. It's a promise for the nation of Israel. And Jeremiah is talking to them about how you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. You're going to be here in a land that is not your own. Settle in, get used to it, plant vineyards, get married, relax, because God's got plans for you even here. Interesting. Not to mention, if you look at Psalms 37, it says very clearly that God's going to give us the desires of our hearts. So this whole idea that we can't trust our hearts, that we can't just decide what we want to do and the things that make us happy and that we feel like we have giftedness in is a joke. Because here we go. Psalms 37, 4 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Starting in verse 3. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Continuing on. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your justice as the noonday. Here's the deal. I'm starting to really question how you've ever been taught to find God's will. I'm really questioning our idea of what his will is. I'm questioning the idea of what our own hearts are. I'm questioning a lot, you guys. What if there's no formula? What if there's no specific way to find God's will? What if it's not all that mysterious? I look at scripture at the people in the Bible that God interacted with. And while I see a lot of them like refusing to do his will, think Jonah, it's not that his will is mysterious. When he has something for them to do, he literally shows up and is like, hey, do this. And they are like, okay, like Mary, sure, I'll have your baby. Or they're like Jonah, who's like, heck no. And he gets on a ship and runs away and God chases him down anyway. It's not like God is making them try to seek him and discern and like, wrestle for this thing. What is God's will? God just like, hey, this is my will. And they either do it or don't do it. And I wonder why we get so stuck in this whole thing of finding God's will. And I really think it's just this Christianese thing that we've done. And unfortunately, it's also a great way to make money and get people's attention. If you tell them, I can help you find God's will. I have the formula for finding God's will. I can help you to know what God's will is. Like, these are the steps. Here's my book. Here's my podcast. Here's my sermon. Here's my whatever. Here's the thing. What if God's will and finding his will is already very clear in the Bible? God is so clear in how he wants his children to act, in the things that he wants us to do, in the attitudes that he wants us to have, to recognize that we are not really of this world, that our love should not be in the things of this world. Not turning it into a religion and list of rules, but he gives us the, like, we're supposed to love people. We're supposed to to live in a certain way that shows the world that we're different because we are choosing love, to love God, to love others, to love ourselves. We're supposed to deny ourselves, to not just seek for our own gain, to not be prideful and trying to make everyone else think how awesome we are. Like, there's so many things. That is just very, very clear in scripture of how we're to act as children of God. But let's be honest, we don't want to hear that. 
we don't want to deny ourselves. We want to be obsessed with this world and its material possessions. Like we don't want all these things that said God says very clearly to do. We want to hold grudges and we want to refuse to forgive and we want to think that we're better than others and we want all these things that we do. That so he's like, no, 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 that can't be God's will for me. So what if God has a very clear, specific way that we're supposed to be acting that he's going to help us to be like because he's restoring us as we live with him in relationship? And then what if the rest of it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book where he has this specific book he's written for us, but he's kind of like within this boundaries, like I don't care which choice you make. Like here's the book I've given you, choose your own adventure. Obviously he's still the author of it. He knows the options that we have. But I really honestly believe that it's more like a, hey, just walk with me, talk with me, live with me, be in relationship with me, and let me guide you moment by moment, day by day, and be okay with being a nobody. Maybe I don't have this big, grand, fantastic plan for your life. Maybe I want you to be like me. Just be obscure, be a servant, love others, love your neighbor, take care of your family, like be generous, all this kind of stuff that Jesus did and was. Maybe it's not about being awesome and having everyone know your name. Maybe it's just about being humble and speaking truth and loving the unlovable. Like, how weird would that be? Jesus prayed when he was here on earth that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wonder what it would look like if in our daily lives we prayed that. Like, God, today, let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And then recognize that will might just be simple and humble and obscure. And be okay with that. That we recognize that the kingdom of God is backwards and inside out and upside down. And it's not about power or fame or money or status. That it's about humility and love and grace and kindness. That it's about restoration that begins in our own heart and that we get to share with the world. And watch other people also come to a place of restoration with God, with themselves, with others. What if we've missed the point? What if we've made this thing, God's will, this elusive, Christianese, mumble-jumble ridiculousness when it was never supposed to be that complicated? I made a big decision this last week. And it was something that I've been praying about for a while. And I don't know that there was a wrong choice to make, if that makes sense. Like, neither one of them were sinful. It was not, there was no clear anything. Did I pray about it? Absolutely. Did I talk a lot about it and think about it and process it? Yes. But in the end of the day, it came down to the fact that I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this just feels right to me. And the idea that I have to say that my own heart is desperately wicked and I can't trust it, I don't think that's true anymore because my heart is being restored. (laughs) My heart has been made new. It's no longer a heart of stone like Ezekiel talked about. It's a heart of flesh. It's a heart that the Holy Spirit lives in and abides in and I abided with him. And I don't think we have to sit there and doubt ourselves. I made this decision and I am so pumped with my decision. Like I am excited about it. It feels right. And I'm really excited to just move forward with this new plan. And I don't think that's wrong. I think that there are clearly things in scripture that are wrong. And we need to be careful with trying to say, oh, this is God's will. Because the scripture clearly says it's not which is a whole other topic, guys, as we talk about God's will. (laughs) And we should probably go there before we close. Because so many people are saying these days, like, oh, this is God's will. God came and told me this, blah, blah, blah. 
especially within church abusive situations and just messy leadership junk that we're seeing over and over again. Let me tell you, that is not God's will. Like it was not God's will for you to do that thing that is clearly wrong in scripture. It is not God's will for you to do that thing that's clearly wrong socially and culturally and everything else. No, nope, no. We can't use this whole idea of this is God's will and justify doing things that are clearly against scripture. The other thing is I feel like it's very clear for us to be like, oh, oh, this is God's will. And it's, tr- it's clearly like a, a terribly dumb, illogical decision to make. But yet you can justify it because you're saying, oh, no, no, it's God's will. I've been praying about this. We cannot use God's will as an excuse to justify our own decision. So is God's will elusive? I don't think so. I think if we seek it, we'll find it. And yet at the same time, we, we can't sit there and pretend that our own decisions, our own selfish choices, our own whatever we're making are God's will, because that's not right either. So I don't know, did that clear things up for you? Did it make it a little more muddy? I feel like we so often turn this into something that's just about us. And so I would just encourage you, look at your heart. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is the motivation going on? Are you trying to justify something you want and call it God's will? Are you afraid of making a decision and so you're saying, well, I just can't find God's will? Like what is really going on with your own heart? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to move in and work on you. He wants to move in and help you. He wants to step in and walk with you in restoration, not in looking at the behaviors and the outward actions, but what is going on with your heart? What are you looking for as you attempt to find the will of God? We're going to keep talking over the next few weeks just about things Christians say and really trying to break it down and find the truth. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. And until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.